Well, good morning, everybody. It is a real joy for us to be together. And I want to extend a very warm welcome if you're visiting here today for the dedications. We are so thrilled that you're able to join us. The Christian community is instructed by one of the authors of many books in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. And perhaps this is an incredibly poignant moment where we as a church gathered here today are doing just that. As we were singing that song earlier, Amazing Grace, and we got to that moment where we declared, my chains are gone. I've been set free. There was a sense, wasn't there, across this room of a great shout of confidence in what Jesus Christ has done. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a stadium watching a match and you support the team that the people around you are not supporting, right? And then you're sat there awkwardly trying to control yourself and contain yourself and then, and then the team scores that you're not supporting and everyone around you is roaring and celebrating and you're awkwardly sat there feeling to yourself like you, you really shouldn't be in that stadium, in that moment. I wonder if some of you felt like that a moment ago, when there was shouts and applause, when there was singing and celebrating and rejoicing, and if you're being perfectly honest, it felt quite uncomfortable for you. That's okay. There's not one person here who has shouted and roared and celebrated, my chains are gone, who hasn't at some point felt in their lives like they don't really belong amongst God's people. In fact, none of us do. And the shout of praise and rejoicing is only possible because of a gift God has given to us. And it's a gift that he has in abundance and wants to give to each and every one of us today, that confidence to know my chains are gone, that confidence to know the almighty God is for me. Our queen wasn't just a Christian because of the country she was born into or the privileges that she received. If you ever listen to any of her speeches at Christmas, you'll know she had a sincere and genuine faith and a true living relationship with God. And the reason we rejoice in this church week after week, every Sunday when we gather, is because we don't just go through some religious motion, but we know someone who's come into our hearts and has made the difference to our lives. A true relationship with God is the greatest privilege for any man, woman, or child. And so our prayer as we pray for children later on is that they would know that relationship and our prayer for you is that you would know that too. We rejoice and we weep. We have many sorrows, but we have great celebrations. And so that's what we're going to do today. When the news came through on Thursday evening concerning the Queen's death, at that point I'd already chosen my text for today as we were going to be dedicating this, these children. And through tears and sorrow, it did dawn on me the text was probably not appropriate in view of the circumstances. And as a preacher in that moment, I have to just be honest, you feel utterly helpless. It's like, Lord, what are we going to do? We're dedicating these children, and yet this this hugely important figure has died. And I was like, God, please, would you help me? And I felt prompted in that moment 
to turn to my daily Bible reading, which was Psalm 20. And so we're going to read from Psalm 20 together, and I'm sure you'll see how suitable a psalm it is for this occasion. I'm reading from the ESV version. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall. But we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. I'm going to pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're with us today. That you go before us in every day. That you pursue us with goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. We thank you for your salvation. A gift no person can merit or earn. But one which you lavishly bestow upon the humble-hearted. And I pray for us today, may we know the love of God stirring our hearts. May no one feel like they don't belong, but may we all know what it is to have faith in Jesus Christ. In his holy name we pray, amen. We are going to bring the children back later where we're going to do the dedications, but I'm just going to go through this psalm and pick out a few observations for us Initially, I just want you to see in the first few verses a number of words which just stood out to me. We see answer, help, protect, support, remember, regard, favor, grant, fulfill. All of these words are humble expressions from someone who is feeling a sense of vulnerability and need. Help. Protect, support, fulfill, grant, have favor. This psalm is written as a prayer for the king. A prayer for the king. Scholars will tell you would have been read out before a great battle. That this would have been a prayer for the king to lead his people into battle. And it's a prayer of great humility. Recognizing that in an hour of need... There is a great requirement for a greater power to come and to bring help. How conscious are you of your own need for help? I don't know how many of you may have heard Boris Johnson's speech in the House of Commons this week in dedication to the Queen. Honestly, it was outstanding. And he said this about her. He said, it's like we've been lulled into thinking that she might be in some way eternal. 
this figure who has been part of our lives for so long, who we've always just assumed would just keep on going. And then in her death, we are again starkly reminded of the fragility of life in this world. Where do you turn where the sources, when the sources of strength in your life show themselves, in fact, to be weak? Where do you turn when those things that we came to rely upon are proven to be temporal, changeable, flawed, finite? Where do you turn in those moments when that which provided you with so much security is gone? And does it not leave us with a gaping longing for a leader who is eternal, who is infinite, who is always present, is always reliable, and who is interested in our lives? It's amazing how many people are celebrating the moments that they saw the queen or had an encounter with the queen. I saw the queen once. She drove past me in her car, but our eyes locked For a moment, I had my moment. Wouldn't it be lovely to have tea with the queen? People have had that privilege. The queen knew a relationship with the king of kings. And that's a relationship which each of us can know. Personal, intimate, constant. Always there. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. What's interesting about that first line to me is is that there is an assumption of prayer here. May the Lord answer you. The assumption is that we've asked the Lord for something. We've asked the Lord for help. The assumption is that you're going into battle. You're in a time of crisis. This is a day of trouble. So, of course, you've turned to the Lord in prayer. Of course, you've asked for help. Do you turn to the Lord in prayer in the day of trouble? I think it's high time our nation turned to God in prayer. I think these are days of trouble and very few of you would argue with me about that one. We've just come out of a two-year pandemic. We're in an economic crisis. The cost of living going up and up. Fuel prices going up and up. We've got political turmoil as political leader after political leader has failed in so many ways. And now, arguably, the greatest leader of this country over the last 100 years has died. Is this not exactly the right moment for us to be turning to the Lord in prayer and seeking God for our nation? Enough's enough. This nation has rejected its creator for far too long. And if there is one challenge that the queen gives to us, it's to turn to Jesus and to turn to the Lord. Where do you turn in times of need? What should our great prayer be for these children that we're dedicating today? Should our prayer be that they would grow to be independent, self-sufficient, and strong? I would put to you, that is not the prayer. I would put to you that our prayer for our children would be, would they come to terms with their own weakness 
Would they come to terms with their own sense of dependence? Would they know what it is to turn to the Lord in the day of trouble and look to him for strength and not to be self-dependent and self-assured and not to be looking within to navigate this life? We don't want these kids to spend decades restlessly trying to find meaning in this world, trying every little thing that this world might have to offer. When the Lord Jesus Christ said to me, come all you who are weary and heavy laden and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our souls are restless until they find their rest in God. Do you know a sense of restlessness? Do you still have that sense of looking for something, looking for an answer that you haven't yet found? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob, we read, the God of Jacob, this is the God of generations, the God from one generation to the next, from Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. May this God, the God of our fathers, of our grandfathers, the God of generations. We are here today in 2022, but for millennia, men and women have turned to this God in prayer. We are the latest crowd of people who are turning to the living God today in prayer. And in every generation, people have tried to put their confidence and hope in others and other things. But we turn to the God of Jacob. Jacob was a man, believe it or not, who wrestled with God. He wrestled with God. He knew what it was to wrestle with God and to find God blessing him as a consequence. No one is promised a life without trouble and difficulty. None of us are. And if you've lived any length of time upon this earth, you've had your fair share of troubles, and so did our queen. If you think of her life, and you think of so much pain and so much difficulty that she had to navigate, but for her, in every Annas Horribilis, there was a God who blessed, and a God who comforted, and a God who was beside her. And I don't know what it is you may be wrestling with at the moment and what you may be going through, but what I do know is in the day of trouble, there is one who comes near to bless you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to help you, to break your chains, to set you free, to know the love of God, the God of Jacob, protect you. That is our prayer for our children, we pray to a God who comes near to us in the days of trouble. Tim Keller says this, to pray is to accept that we are and always will be wholly dependent on God for everything. One of the biggest mistakes in my life is to presume that somehow in my own strength I can get through. And every time when I fall flat on my face and I think, what went wrong? It's not long before I'm reminded of my own arrogance in thinking I can do anything outside of the kindness and grace and mercy of God. Hallelujah. We get to pray to the almighty living God who hears us in our day of trouble. May he remember your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. What, what's this all about? Well, these 
uh, people in the old covenant, this is before Jesus came, these Jews were given the law. And the law required sacrifices. And the sacrifices that they gave were a sign of their obedience and trust to God. The sacrifices acknowledged that they needed God's forgiveness and the spilling of blood showed the costliness of forgiveness of sins. And before they went out into battle, they would have sacrifices so that they would be confident that the God that they worshipped saw their obedience and would give them favor as they go out into battle. As Christians, we don't sacrifice animals because we believe the ultimate sacrifice has already been given for us. What's our confidence in the day of trouble? What's our confidence in an hour such as this one? Our confidence is in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And so where do I look and where do we look as a church? We look to the cross. And the cross is God's response to the suffering and the pain and the injustice and the hatred and the darkness that permeates through this world. The cross is God's answer. When God, as it were, descended the ladder from heaven and walked upon this earth, a perfect and sinless life, and went to the most agonizing, shameful, and brutal public death and execution as he was crucified. Why would he do that? Oh, God so loved the world. That's why. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came for you and for me. He came to do what I couldn't do. He bridged the gap. He overcame sin and death. He wrestled with them at the cross. He wrestled with them. Man's greatest enemy, your greatest enemy is not your neighbor. Your greatest enemy is the, 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 the sense of shame and sin and darkness and regret and remorse. Your greatest enemy is death itself. And Jesus Christ defeated death when he died upon the cross 2,000 years ago and rose again three days later, gloriously overcoming. He lives today. And our queen is in his very presence as we speak. And it is knowing Jesus Christ as savior, as the risen king of kings. That's our prayer for our children today. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Do you know this? God truly wants to satisfy your heart's desire. I don't know what idea of God you may have. I don't know how much your heart is reluctant to consider God. It may well be, I can't see anyone, but you've got fingers in your ears right now thinking, I've just got to get through this just got to get through this because you're convinced either that God doesn't exist or if he does exist he certainly doesn't have your best interests at heart but let me tell you he wants to thrill your heart and fulfill the desires of your heart how does he do that well the word of God says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart the desires of my heart are not fulfilled in the latest purchase acquisition human relationship 
but by knowing and enjoying a personal relationship with the Almighty God. And that, let me tell you, is why you breathe, that you might know your Creator. I love this verse, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand up. Some trust in Teslas and Audis. The queen, let's be honest, had a lot of horses and chariots. But did you ever get the sense that she was really impressed with these things? She trusted in the Lord. This is what she said at her Millennium Christmas broadcast. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's work and example. She trusted in Jesus. And it was Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he says this, do you believe this? Hey, there's something to know today. If you believe this, yours is the resurrection. Yours is the life. Who knows if we will all still be around in a year's time. But you can have confidence today of life after life and eternally, as our queen did. That's our longing for you, and it's our longing for our children. O oh Lord, save the king. Perhaps never have we needed to pray that long more than we do today. O oh Lord, save the king. And we should be praying for King Charles III and our royal family, as we will do. We want to pray that that King Charles would know the same strength of faith in Christ as the Queen knew, that he would know that confidence and that peace and that joy as well, that he would have that relationship with the creator and sustainer of the universe. The Lord Jesus Christ saves kings, but he also saves paupers and vagabonds, and he saves ordinary men, women, and children he saves you. But you need to know you need him. And for some people, need is the one thing they don't have. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. That's what it is to be a Christian. I don't stand here a better person. I can tell you I'm not. I'm not up here because I'm somehow really good at being a Christian. It's nonsense. My confidence is in Jesus Christ and what he has done and in his salvation. I will praise you for your salvation. When I stand before my Lord one day as the Queen has done, it will be his efforts and his achievements that I will be boasting in and not my own. His gift. The last words of the Queen's last Christmas speech were these. In reference to the Christmas story, she said, that in the birth of a child, there is a new dawn with endless potential. 
It is this simplicity of the Christmas story that makes it so universally appealing. Simple happenings that formed the starting point of the life of Jesus, a man whose teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. His birth marked a new beginning. As the carol says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Those were the final words of our Queen's final Christmas message to us. And she would want those words to resound in your ears today. Your hopes and your fears are met in Jesus Christ. And so for our children, as we come now to dedicate them and to thank God for them, there is endless potential, endless potential for their lives to be lived to the full as they give each day and know the true king each day alongside them, who answers their call in the time of trouble, as they trust not in material things but in the name of the Lord our God, as they look to King Jesus, the King of Kings, to provide for them. That's our great prayer, that they would know their dependence and they would know their need and that they would find Jesus Christ coming alongside them to strengthen them and to fulfill the desires of their hearts. That's why we're dedicating and praying for our kids because we want them to live happy lives and a happy life is lived with Jesus. It doesn't mean it's, not a, it doesn't mean it's a life without trouble. It will have trouble in it. Every life does. But it means that in the midst of the storm, Jesus is in the boat alongside, giving us confidence and guiding us to the shores that one day we stand before him and he utters those words, good and faithful servant, the words the queen has just heard spoken over her. Why don't we pray? Let's stand. Father God, I thank you that you search our hearts and you see our hearts today. You see our fears, you see our hopes, you see our anxieties, you see our needs and our vulnerability. I pray, Lord, if metaphorically there is anyone here today with fingers in their ears, would you gently but surely remove those fingers that they might hear your voice calling them by name that they would understand they're not here by chance or fluke or just because a friend guilt-tripped them into coming to a dedication. They'd understand that you have them here to give them a gift, that gift that our Queen knew and that so many of us here knew, eternal life through trusting in Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.